Alice, welcome to today's episode of Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro. I am Hope Katz Gibbs, producer of the show on the Incandescent Radio Network and Incandescent TV. We know you are going to love today's guest, Vicki Volweiler, an MBA, a CDC, and the founder of College Financial Prep. Today's topic, college and divorce. Take it away, Miss Rita. Thank you, Hope. And Vicki, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so glad to be here with you. Absolutely. So June is the theme of dads and grads. And of course, the topic of divorce can be very uncomfortable and it does impact every aspect of one's financial life. Um, we are going to talk about the topic of divorce in college. So, well, I guess the big question is, what can parents do to prepare their children or help prepare their children when they're facing a divorce, even if they are high net worth? When parents are going through a divorce, it's so important when they're speaking with their attorneys or their mediators, you know, when they're dividing all their assets and thinking about like the, the house and parenting plans, it's important for them to think about the future too and, and kids and their future college educations. I mean, some states don't require college to be put into the divorce agreement, but parents, I, I mean, they want to do the right thing by their kids. So it's important to create a plan now that will help them potentially save money in the future. I'm totally with you. I know that I actually had the opportunity to work with a couple and the father told me that in his divorce decree, it was not really specified who was going to handle college. And what happened, of course, he wants his children to go to college. He found himself having to pay because he said he would take care of college, but it wasn't specified. He ended up paying um, out of state tuition without any assistance from the other spouse. So with that in mind, you know, how can one resolve an issue like that? Or is it too late? No, it's not. Well, it depends on the age of the kids. Um, so different things can be done at different ages and stages. Um, for instance, if the child is, say, in 10th or 11th grade, um, it's possible to consider colleges that will only look at one parent's income as opposed to looking at both parents' income. You know, the key is, you know, what types of colleges is the child interested in and then seeing if any of those schools line up with, you know, only one parent's income and assets being considered. Um, ideally, it's the custodial parents. And, and that's something that the parents should discuss early on. Who is the custodial parent going to be? You know, where will the child live more? Even if it's, you know, you take 365 days and you divide it in half and, you know, one more day, you know, that would be considered the custodial parent for, financial aid purposes. So, you know, and ideally that person also would be the person that has less income and or less, less assets. And, and it is possible to figure out which schools will benefit them in terms of financial aid. You know, as the child gets older, even if the child's already in college, it's possible to um, file appeals with the school to try to save money. It, it's possible that if that is one of those schools where they're only going to consider one parent, I've had clients save tens of thousands of dollars from this process. So it's definitely possible to save money. I love this. I love that it's never too late and anything is always possible. You just have to ask. Definitely, definitely. I mean, ideally, 
parents are going to be saving up money for college. You know, they're going to be saving for it, you know, ideally since the children are born. Um, but that's not, you know, realistic in every household. Um, so, yeah, there, there are things that need to be done or can be done to help divorced parents save money. I know that you have helped hundreds, if not thousands of kids and their parents get ready for college and learn how to pay for college. So I know you mentioned some of the strategies, but what are some other strategies that parents can use to help pay for college and save money? I mean, as I mentioned before, selecting the right school is huge. Filling out the financial aid applications is huge. You know, that, that's an important step. A lot of people think that, oh, we, you know, we earn too much money. We have too much in assets. We're not going to qualify for anything. But with schools costing what they do now, I mean, it could be $80,000 a year. Um, and depending on the school, I don't know if you saw. So Dartmouth just improved their financial aid. So it, if a family can't afford you know, $80,000 a year, at least right now they're giving $5,500 in scholarship instead of student loans. I mean, to, but it's important for everyone to fill out FAFSA to qualify for such things. Also by filling out FAFSA, um, just in case there is that change in situation in the future. What if a parent loses their job? What if, you know, what if life happens? Um, as long as FAFSA is on file with the school, then it's possible to go to the school and ask for them to readjust or, you know, re-examine um, their current situation and possibly save money. Yes, I just saw that about Dartmouth today, that student loans are going to be removed from the financial aid package because by doing so, we are not setting up students for a lifetime of um, obligations, financial obligations that could hold them back. So if student loans are needed, how does that work in a divorce situation? Is a custodial parent, both parents, the students? Who borrows um, the money and how does that work? So the students, a lot of people think, well, I'm not spending $80,000 a year. My kid wants to go there. They could take out the loans. And it doesn't work that way. Um, the students can only take out up to $5,500 freshman year. $6,500 sophomore year, and then $7,500 each year for junior and senior year. So really, it's the parents that are likely on the hook for the balance, um, whether it's in Parent PLUS loans or even if they're as a co-signer um, for their children on private loans. Both parents can take out their own Parent PLUS loans. It doesn't go by who completed FAFSA. Both parents can, you know, pay the bill, take out a payment plan, do whatever they need to do. So yeah, it's important for parents to be informed because one may say, well, no, you have to take care of all of it because you filled out FAFSA. And no, both parents, both parents can help their put their child through college. I love that. When I was preparing for the CFP certification exam, this is how I remember the different loans. There's subsidized, there's unsubsidized, and then there's the parent plus loans. And I remembered it like this. If my parents are willing to borrow money, it's a plus. <laughs> that's great <laughs> is that great like this is how i remember things if my parents are willing to help me and they're willing to complete fast and borrow money and help me then that's a plus so yeah, you the can subsidi that. subsidized loans are for need-based aid um and they don't accrue interest immediately and the unsubsidized they do start accruing interest immediately so that's a really good point, Vicki. Do you mind explaining or clarifying to viewers and listeners the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized? I know you just alluded to that, but when we hear subsidized, people always ask me, who's subsidizing the interest? 
the federal government. Um, it's based on need. So when um, the FAFSA application gets completed, um, you're including things such as um, your income, your assets, um, the number of people in your household, your age, how close you are to retirement. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of different factors that get taken into account. And it all goes into the formula and that determines how much need a family is entitled to. Um, so if you qualify for need, um, your student may get a subsidized loan. And therefore the government takes care of the interest rate while they're in college, the accruing interest rate. Wonderful, wonderful. So we got remarriage, blended families, all kinds of families. What would you say um, parents need to know? Your top three, your pearls of wisdom. Ideally wait till after the kids are done with college <laughs> before considering remarriage. If you are in a blended family situation and remarried, um, it's important to look at the colleges and what financial aid forms they require. Because while I was talking before about some may only look at the custodial parent and not both parents, it's also possible if both parents are remarried for some schools to look at four parents' income and assets. Um, so, you know, if uh, that may certainly play into what schools you may want to apply to or not apply to, you know, based on how much need you may be offered. Well, thank you for that. So, Vicki, I know that you are developing resources to help your clients as well as financial advisors. Where can we follow your work and learn more about you? Well, my website is www.collegefinancialprep.com. And you can find College Financial Prep on Facebook and on um, Instagram and on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And then any parting words that you would like to leave with our viewers and listeners as we wind down our time today? The best way to save money is to plan early. You know, save, save up early and then plan early with finding the right colleges. A quote that I love, I believe it's from Ben Franklin. Um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So start early. So well said. Thank you so much, Vicki. And now back to you, Hope. That was great. Ben Franklin is my hero. So he did say that. So this has been great. Thank you for all those wonderful tips. We will send people to your website for advice and support. And thank you, Miss Rita, for today's episode. That's two for this week. Our next episode of Margaritas with Margarita Cheng, CFP Pro, is July 1st, 5 p.m. Eastern, when we'll be talking with Lindsay Swanson, founder of Stripper Financial Planning. Tell us a little bit about her before we leave. So Lindsay Swanson has named her firm Stripper Financial Planning because basically she is offering um, financial planning and education to people who are underserved in different occupations. And so just like I believe everybody deserves to be financially resilient, Lindsay wants to make sure that people have access so that they are running compliant businesses. When I mean compliant, that they're paying taxes, saving for retirement, and doing what they need to do to be financially well and financially resilient. So we can't wait to hear from her. Absolutely. I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. <laughs> so thank you, Rita. Thank you, Vicki. And thanks to all of our listeners and viewers. We will see you July 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Margaritas with Margarita Chang. I'm Hope Katz-Gibbs. We appreciate your time. Stay well. 
Thank you so much for being part of our Incandescent Radio and TV family. This is Hope Katz Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Incorporated, the PR and publishing company for women entrepreneurs. Our Incandescent Radio and TV shows are brought to you by our advertisers and clients. Margaritas with Margarita Chang, CFP Pro, brings us 15 minutes of tips every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, where you'll meet experts who are helping us flex our financial muscles. Find all of the episodes at margaritachang.com. You'll also meet intuitive psychotherapist Kara Keem, who interviews therapists and other intuitive guides from around the world. Learn more at karakeen.com. And you're going to love social justice expert Karen Hanrahan, CEO of the San Francisco-based Glide Memorial Foundation. She bridges the gap from local impact to global change on her thought leadership show on Incandescent Radio. Learn more about Karen at karenhanrahan.com. You're also going to love Alina Leal, founder of the radical wellness journaling company, zenitjournals.com. Alina asks, have you tried to journal but found it hard to keep up? Zenit makes it easier to journal for your wellness. With Zenit, you can customize your journal with prompts that speak to you. No more blank pages. Your Zenit is your personalized space to take care of yourself. Website, zenitjournals.com. Feel it, write it, Zenit. You'll also meet amazing Tracy Schott, founder of voicesforchange.com. Tracy is determined to change the world and end domestic violence. Learn more at voicesforchange.net. And we are so thrilled to be publishing a book for Angela Mitchell, who is the tech expert of case management. And she's also the founder of this fabulous organization, Kids Code 2. She is determined to teach kids to code computers. Talk about teaching a kid to fish. We invite you to discover and peruse all the Incandescent Incorporated websites, the magazine for women by women about women, incandescentwomen.com. Our health and wellness magazine is beincandescent.com, the business of mind, body, spirit, soul, and heart. Our YouTube channel is incandescent.tv. And you can learn about our PR and book publishing services at incandescent.us. If you'd like to have your own radio and video show, check us out at incandescentradio.com, where you can see what we can do for you. These podcasts are also featured on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Our podcasts are produced by Brandy Wilsker. Our videos are produced by Nelson Benavides. Our website developer is Max Kukoy, and our incandescent illustrator and designer is Michael Glenwood Gibbs. If you'd like to learn more, please send me an email, hope at hopegibbs.com. Here is to your incredible, indelible incandescent success. Much love and many thanks.